Warning, this podcast will probably feature spoilers for many, many episodes of Doctor Who. Welcome to the Back to the TARDIS podcast, the podcast where we discuss each and every episode of the 2005 revival of BBC's Doctor Who. I'm Jeff. I'm Skylar. And I'm Avery. And today we are discussing Series 1, Episodes 9 and 10, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. This is... Future showrunner and frequent object of my ire, Stephen Moffat's first episode, first story for the uh, for Doctor Who, um, and it also introduces the the man, the legend, the icon, Captain Jack Harkness, into the Doctor Who universe. Heck yeah! Um, which is why this episode is equal parts scary and really horny and like the two were like completely divorced from each other like i like this episode a lot but man there is some tonal whiplash (laughs) yeah strangely enough Um, because it revolves around the character of jack it most of the times it kind of works but yeah Yeah, exactly. So do we want to jump right in since we're uh, we're going to be here for a bit? Yeah, I guess. Um, so I mean, this this episode is also pretty funny. Not gonna lie, there's a lot of good humor bits. Yeah, in no, it, starting. Yeah, from no, the very it's 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 good. It's definitely good. And the interesting thing, which I I mentioned, but off off mic, which I think will be sort of the theme for this episode is that this story shall we say these two episodes feature a lot of the things that i give steven moffat like shit for when he does it later in his run but like here they're fine so anyways it starts off and there's this again it just it throws you into like the really like good funny and entertaining dialogue right away where you know action opening they're they're chasing something through the the tardis vortex and the doctor explains that it's mauve and comments that mauve is color for danger except for humans (laughs) stating that by everyone else's standards red's camp (laughs) (laughs) all that dancing (laughs) 
Yeah. But, you know, that's sort of an early hint at the, the next episode. Yeah, no, if... if uh, uh, these two episodes, it's, it's a way of saying fucking in a kid show. <laughs> oh, Moffat, I love to hate you already. <laughs> Again, in this episode, it's good. <laughs> Agreed. Um, they they like make fun of the fact that like season is either set on or orbiting Earth. Oh, I love that that bit of dialogue. Yeah. It does set us up for the because I because I forgot that it wasn't like revealed right away that this is past Earth. That it's just sort of like oh. He just went into like this like fancy bar like dance music place but then it's just like oh the blitz yeah. also the setup for that punchline is amazing yeah but like yeah. before that you know the the uh uh do you know how long you can knock around space without happening to bump into earth and rose just goes five days or is it just when we're out of milk <laughs> and then he remarks uh out of all the species in all the universe it had to come out of a cow yeah <laughs> This is obvious uh, non-bovine milk erasure, uh, and I'm not yeah, here for exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. What about what about that one uh, species that Luke Skywalker milks? <laughs> oh God, Last Jedi that pissed off five million fanboys who can't take the fact that their hero is a flawed human being. Fun I want to say I know the name of that creature, but my Star Wars scribe status is failing me right now. So, fun fact, yes. humans... Yeah. yeah, I was actually surprised that you hadn't said it yet. <laughs> fun fact, humans um, can produce milk too. Also, I love how Rose is like, well, are you gonna are you gonna scan for alien tech or something? And he's like, Rose, it hit the middle of London with a very loud bang, I'm going to ask. Yes. Also, they they reference Star Trek here, which is weird considering that there is like an official Doctor Who and Star Trek crossover comic. We don't nice. we don't need to think about that. Also, the fact that like Rose is like sort of like at least knowledgeable to be considered like a a TOS Trekkie, maybe, but like that never comes up again. I think so. <laughs> Um. So he and Rose get split up because the doctor goes and looks for, uh, tries to figure stuff out, but Rose is distracted by the fact that she finds a kid in a gas mask up on a nearby roof and she goes after him. Um. <laughs> and I love. I love the whole setup of setting up, like, when this is, of, you don't actually know when it is, well, I mean, I did, because, like... We've seen the episode, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I've seen the episode, and even before then, I had read, like, the little booklet that comes with the DVD box set that says it's in 1940s London. But oh, I love that in case you didn't know it, it sets it up as, like, the doctor trying to ask, hey, has anybody, like, anything, like, fallen from the sky recently <laughs> and made a, a loud bang? And he just gets laughed at. And it's like, what's going on? And then it's like, oh, it's the Blitz. Ha. Which, although, it this might be the nerd in me, but it's like, like, it's a funny scene, but, like, did he not check before he left when and where he was? I mean, does he... Like, there's plenty of times where he doesn't do that, like... Yeah, I know. 
He just he's very consistent about doing it this season. Yeah. Okay, but the punchline. Safe with that one time that he's just like, oh yeah, you know, exactly the same time, twenty four hours later, and he's just like, sorry, twenty four hours and one year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Um. So Rose uses the the rope on a, a barrage balloon to try and climb to the child, um, but gets pulled away. I like how she doesn't look where that's coming from. She's just like, oh, a rope. Yeah, <laughs> just a random like, rose hanging here. I mean, who knows what it's attached to? Does it matter? Obviously not. <laughs> I mean, this might be a bit of a uh, a mean joke, but also it's Rose. <laughs> yeah, I will say she's I know capable. I... She's somewhat street smart. She is no Martha. She is no Bill. She is no Donna. I will say, though, you know, I've sort of been shitting on Rose up until now, but this two-parter is, like, a time when I do like her. I think she's good in this two-parter. <laughs> yes, because she's really horny. You see, <laughs> that entire story. That That's funny, because I don't like Rose as much in this episode. <laughs> specifically, yeah, no. They're, they're, specifically in one scene. Outside of that, she's, like, good and solid. But it's just, like, every time I remember that she's, like, hardcore coming on to like not just the doctor but this like 51st century mega chad i'm just like but mickey though and and is literally like it is mentioned that she's like eh whatever fuck mickey except not but But yes yeah very but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I do I do like how she's at the very least a basic human being and she's like I'm not going to wait around for the doctor to like see why this yeah. kid's up on this roof. Like that's that's Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. The, that's the rose that I enjoy. The aspect of rose. That yeah, I enjoy. exactly. Um also so the the doctor uh leaves and as he's heading back to the TARDIS or trying to find Rose, the phone on the TARDIS rings, which he says it not connected but this is ruined by the like god he does it like how many times does it happen in moffat where the phone on the outside rings at least like two or three more times and it's not treated anywhere as like holy shit as this is so it just has like no impact anymore yeah i have to i have to wonder if he like actually connected it at some point yeah, Eleven probably connected it. But, yeah, I don't know. It it still works for me, because we haven't seen that happen yet. It seems like an Eleven yeah. thing to do that he'd connect the phone. Yeah. Um. So, uh... Oh, wait, the, the, uh, the payoff <laughs> joke with the uh, Union Jack shirt. Yes. Where she, yeah, she, Rose is wearing a shirt with a Union Jack on it, and she ends up suspended over London during the middle of the London Blitz. As wearing German airplanes. A very zoom bright back. Union Jack on her. <laughs> That's a place where you probably don't want to be wearing the Union Jack. Yeah. Very true. Also, like, around the same time, we get introduced to Nancy, which is, like, a side character that I don't remember, like, paying that much attention to but she's actually like a solid addition yeah no she's she's one of the better side characters this season and i think part of that is because it's a it's a two-parter but yes no um and and, but first you're introduced to jack who in 
true Jack faction, his first moment on screen is staring at Rose's ass. <laughs> nice. Yes, I, I forgot that he did that. And I was just like, yeah, you know, valid. True. Go on. Um... <laughs> and yeah the establishing character moment is him staring at rose's ass and commenting on it and the guy with him being like whoa dude and then jack being like all right i'm leaving by the way you've got a nice ass too <laughs> oh boy all that um, dancing yeah um so nancy you, you're introduced to nancy who has a whole bunch of orphaned kids and during air raid she sneaks into people's houses and they all uh, steal their food which okay I'll, I'll get i'll get to the doctor's comment later because he hasn't met them yet but i do really like that line yes um yes and uh jack jack gets into his ship and captures her or saves her at least um and <laughs> man this scene with the two of them like it might like i think it's well written but as someone who's like really introverted in his social anxiety it is like painfully awkward for me it's like uh <laughs> see i I, th I think i remember this scene did used to do that to me but i've gotten more extroverted now and now i was just like I enjoyed it. I, I didn't have that anymore. I was just like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, especially no. especially the thing with the cell phone. I was just like, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, it cuts back to Nancy and the kids, and the doctor just kind of appears in there, and everyone freaks out, and the doctor's just, you know, being his genial, good-with-kids self. <laughs> and there's... The great, the great line of, so he's like, as soon as, you know, the sirens go off, you find a family meal and have everyone eat it. And she's like, something wrong with that? And he's like, no, it's, it's brilliant. I'm not sure if it's Marxism in action or a West End musical. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, this whole scene is a very good balance to me of what the entire two-parter does, which is like, there's comedic moments, there's, like, the more, like, horror, serious moments with the child, and also, like, smaller stuff with this, with the thing, like, the doctor saying that most of them should have been evacuated by now, and one of them saying, like, yeah, I was, you know, taken to a farm, there was a man there, and I was just like, holy shit, Doctor Who, whoa. Yeah, I know, yeah, that was like, whoa. Honestly, yeah, the other thing in this two-parter is, like, I can't believe they got away with this in 2005 because like even Stephen Moffat's later stuff is way way less corny <laughs> yeah i mean even even 11 and 11 gets a little crazy at times but like 11 and especially 12 is like way way less than this and it's like completely gone from 13 run except for like that one weird scene with her and the master and spyfall oh that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like that scene it was 
it was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Um. Oh, and then he has another horny line. Uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, great things, and I want to, I want to find a blonde in a Union Jack. I mean, a specific one. I didn't just wake up this morning with a craving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And and, and the, the other thing to mention about this episode is that it's really like the first to like hardcore throw a sledgehammer through like the classic who trend of of the doctor being like as asexual aromantic as possible yeah like well with the exception of eight but that's that's expanded universe so that that wasn't under the same people um and the the child shows up again and of course the the thing is that the child is always asking uh, for his mother and w- doesn't doesn't listen to what anyone says that's just the only question that he asks on a loop so i have a story to tell about this episode or at the at the cliffhanger about the the first time that i watched it should i should i wait for the the cliffhanger so i don't like kill the pacing I'd say cliffhanger is a good place to do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. But yeah. Um, um. Also, going back to like your comment about like the doctor being shown to like not be ace, or at least like this incarnation not being ace. It's weird how like proportionally more horny Eleven is, given that like in most situations yeah, exactly. he comes off as more not into that stuff. Which you might say yeah, no, is he's, where the he's, comedy he's is. He's like but... unintentionally, yeah, he's like unintentionally horny, which is really uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, um, one thing I did want to talk about, jumping back to like, so like, yeah, the the child shows up and the doctor learns about like the Omcom stuff and a little bit more about, you know, the, the thing that crashed, he doesn't know it's a Chula warship, but then like, Going back to the Jack and Rose stuff, I don't know if it's just, like, the writer in me that's just, like, why is Jack so, like, seemingly dumb about catching on that Rose obviously doesn't know what he's talking about? Like, maybe he doesn't care, and that he's just like, oh, I can just still con these people anyway, but it just seemed like he's either too horny to care, which, you know, Jack, that's possible, or... He just doesn't care regardless, but it just seemed like a weird thing when he's, like, when he finds out they're not time agent, quote-unquote, finds out that he seems to be somewhat upset. And I'm just like, this seems to be an idiot ball moment, but I can let it go because John Barrowman is so everything. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) All of it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I will say, like, having been more used to, like, post-Torchwood Jack, like, it's it's weird going back to this, because, like, even from, like, the moment that Torchwood starts, Jack is far, like, he's, he's still, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the pansexual god, um, but he's, like, a lot mellower, he's a lot darker, and he has the ability to kind of drop that facade and make some genuinely like cold or m- very morally gray decisions. 
so yeah, it's it's really weird. <laughs> um. So yeah. Oh the uh, the psychic paper scene with Jack and Roses. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, this is this is the scene where, um, um, yeah. Is this Rose starts is like you just handed me a piece of paper telling me you're single and you work out and then she hands it back, and he's like, oh, you sort of have a boyfriend called Mickey Smith, but you consider yourself to be footloose and fancy free. She's like, what? And he's like, actually, the word you use is available. And I'm just like, uh, don't and another one, okay, very, <laughs> yeah, it's like Rose. <laughs> Man, Mickey deserves better, which is why I'm gl- he eventually gets better, which is good, but he deserves better. I mean, yeah, he he gets someone who appreciates him for him, but then also the writers were like, "We'll just ship the two black characters, right? That <laughs> that works." Just that it's the two black characters is that it's it's Smith and Jones and Russell T Davies gets a hard on for that kind of shit. Oh no. I didn't even, I never even thought about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's, that was his actual reasoning for that. Wow. Um, but yeah, (laughs) aside from the weird continuing horniness that mostly works, um, we get introduced to like what, um, nanogenes are, I believe. Yeah, it's this scene because her rope hands are fixed and then we get more talk about, um, actually no, this is the first time they talk about what a time agent is something I kind of miss in like modern doctor who we really haven't had anybody. Like I think the guy, I think the evil racist from like the 71st century and Rosa stole a manipulator from a time agent. But aside from that, it's, yeah, the time agents like aren't, yeah, they aren't even mentioned that much in like RTD's era. Like river, I think river song might've been one for a bit, but it's okay. This this universe is too big to do any type of world building. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Time Oh, well, yeah. There's there's another time agent in uh Torchwood who is played by the same guy who played Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and there is a very memorable scene which really just sums up Torchwood in general where they have like they kick the shit out of each other in a bar fight and then start making out. <laughs> goals yeah that's 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 basically torchwood <laughs> they're right there um and then we go back to nancy and the doctor this episode right. this episode is really good at balancing multiple parts it's usually yeah. what I, pr- I praise the best star wars movies for doing since they always go in like different areas that like pro like eventually probably meet up but yeah the two-parter, uh, or, like, the first part specifically does this really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I, I do love the line <laughs> where she's like, how'd you follow me here? And he's like, I'm, I'm good at following, I got the nose for it. And Nancy's like, people can't usually follow me if I don't want them to. And he's like, my nose has special powers. And she's like, yeah, is that why it's so... <laughs> he's like what (laughs) she's like do your ears have special powers too (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a it's a great interaction. Um yeah, and then like Jack goes like really extra and is just like, "Yeah, I'm going to take this girl up to the top of my ship that's parked right on like right next to Big Ben and play Glenn Miller and pour her champagne and dance with her." And I'm like, "Chill, bro." Honestly though, if you could take anyone for a date like that, and Rose isn't even like he. The best part is, is Rose isn't even paying attention to him. Like he's trying to explain these deals very seriously, and she's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And he's like, "What are you? What?" Is it a is it a canon thing or like a fan canon thing that fifty first century humans just have tons of pheromones that make non fifty first century humans want to fuck them all the time? It's not pheromones. I think it's just, like, pure BDE. <laughs> okay, that might have been something I read in, like, fan fiction, but it, it would make sense how, like, Jack's, like, weirded out at first by how, like, not serious he's taking him because he's probably assuming she's from around the same time as he is. Yeah. Um, but that's, like, reading way too much into it, but, yeah, yeah I enjoy probably. it. Um... I do like, like, I feel like some people, like, would would find it kind of extra, but I do like all of the scenes that the Doctor and Rose have with Nancy, who's, like, convinced that, you know, it's the end of the world and they're gonna lose the war. Wait. Holy shit. Chibnall fucking stole that for Spyfall. The bitch. <laughs> Sorry, back to the episode. <laughs> There's my there's my obligatory dunking on Chris Chibnall for the episode. That needs to be our second uh, drinking game. It's when you mention seven or Chibnall. Yeah. No, it's seven or eight or Chibnall. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I've mentioned eight more than I've mentioned seven now. But... Okay. Well, if you ever mention three uh, in one go, I might just have to, like, buy an entire wine bottle. I mean, technically, we did in this episode. Damn it. Just now. Okay. Oops. Well, <laughs> let's go. Rip Sky. Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> Rip Sky's liver. Um, uh, so he enters this hospital that's been locked off and is being guarded and, and sneaks in. And there's just this one lone doctor left, and inside this hospital, every single person has this very still patient in it, and they're all wearing gas masks. Um, and there's this great exposition dump of sort of explaining how fast this has spread, and how they all have the exact same injuries. Um... And then it, then he's like, they all have this scar, and then it cuts to his hand, and he has the scar on his hand, so there's yeah. like this, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I love the, uh, can you figure out what the cause of death was, and then he goes through it, and he's like, nope, there wasn't a cause of death. They're not dead. And then, you know, they all get up. That yeah, was this, a very good moment. this episode manages to be, like, terrifying without, you know crossing any lines in my opinion which to me is always a sign of good writing and i think it doesn't rely the on doctor the directly either. yeah the doctor directly references 
or like kind of makes a joke about the are you my mummy thing like twice since then but like when you yeah. go back to the original source you realize how much of a meme yeah it isn't because it's like presented so well and it's not just yeah no it's, mask, it's but still it's about them yeah yeah no it's it's still creepy this is this is still one of like Stephen moffat's like best monster inventions aside from the weeping angels in their first episode and not anymore after that um and uh oh oh and the the listen was a good episode because technically the fear is nothing at all um, I do love no. Listen. That um, is one of my, that's like my favorite, you know, scary Doctor Who episode in my opinion. Yeah. Um. And then, oh my god, I forgot how graphic, like really, really graphic that the like the CG like transformation into like the gas mask is, and they don't cut away; they just let that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's, next episode, it's obviously... though, isn't it? Go ahead. Yeah. I was saying that's next episode, though. No, it's not. It's in this one. Yeah, you see the... the yeah, Doctor... yeah, Dr. Constantine. Oh, Dr. right, Constantine. right, right, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really, like... It is... <laughs> it's disturbing, and it's, like, probably the most disturbing effect that has happened on the new series at all, aside from straight up turns into a fucking ood yeah i do think in this instance the uh the like dated cgi kind of helps the effect just like the awkward like kind of like gagging and like basically vomiting up the like point or like the the mouthpiece of the gas mask and then like i was just thinking like if this had happened in like like, the first time we saw this type of thing was in a 13th Doctor episode. I probably would have been like, holy crap, that's really gross, but it wouldn't have, like, yeah. viscerally touched me. Yeah. So, yeah, um, then you, you start to get into the, 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 the climax of the episode. Um... Oh yeah, uh, and the the child stalking Nancy, and she's just hiding under a table. And Jack and Rose enter the ward, and Jack's like, "Well, look, look, bro, I didn't do this, I swear." Um, of course, Jack finds the doctor through a scan of alien tech. Yeah. Um. And they like, there's this great thing where like all the patients suddenly sit up and start like yelling and they close in on the doctor just repeating the the words mummy over and over again and then suddenly cut the cliffhanger <laughs>
so before we start the next episode, I have a I have a story about the first time I watched this episode. So like there were like levels of like when I when I first watched series one, there were like levels of like some episodes spooked me more than others. But this one was the first one to like really viscerally spook me to like the point that I couldn't sleep. So like I, I watched it and then I went to bed. And, like, I couldn't sleep, and then it was, like, a couple hours later, and I guess mom... <laughs> this is, like, so fucking... <laughs> this is one of the worst fucking things <laughs> that my mom has done, which is, like, I, I was at, like, it was, like, 10 p.m., and I was still awake and kind of, like, tossing and turning in bed, and my mom fucking comes into my room and goes, are you my mommy? And I'm like, mom, no! <laughs> <laughs> it was like, please, God, stop. She's a real one. Yeah. <laughs> and I mentioned it the other day, and we all just kind of laughed about it. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, this is possibly my favorite cliffhanger resolution in all of modern doctor who where it plays to that and the doctor just gets out of this by yelling go to your room at them <laughs> and they all just kind of sheepishly walk off and he's like i'm really glad those that worked those would have been terrible last words <laughs> it's a very fitting moment for this two-parter yeah you can quickly yeah, it's, see it's jack's a... you can quickly see jack's reaction to it and he's just like it's like a thing of relief, and then also just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's like, wow. <laughs> um, uh, I do like the, right from the beginning, you see that like, even though Jack was revealed to like, straight up be a con man in the last episode, he's not... When the cards are down, he's still willing to find out what's happening. And I think that's, like, that, like, Jack, even here, is, like, the p perfect mixture of just, like, oh, fooling around, you know, ha, horniness, uh, charm. But, like, when, like, shit is going down, he's, like, super, like, good at getting stuff done. Not at figuring out why his own yeah. thing went badly, but he's, like, willing to sit down and yeah. do the work. Um, which I'm... Assuming in like Torchwood, that's also a thing that he's like. No, he doing. he gets he gets he gets wiser in Torchwood, but that's also after he's been trapped in on Earth for over a hundred years. Valid. The oh my god, the best part about Torchwood is you realize that for like, there are points in Doctor in Torch that Torchwood confirms that there are points where like. When they go back, like, I'm, I'm not going to get into why, because that's spoilers, but um, in the next episode, when they go to Cardiff and find Margaret Blaine, during that moment, there are three Jacks in Cardiff Bruh. at different points in his timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um... They, uh, explore the hospital, um, and they, <laughs> so they, they explore the hospital, um, and they go and find the room 
where the the empty child was taken. Wait, do you um, want to talk about uh, Jacqueline first? Because he sort of gives he basically talks about his plan at the beginning. Oh yeah, so Jack points uh, reveals that uh, his plan of selling stuff to the time agents was actually a con, just finding space junk and letting someone track it. Um, then getting a payment 50% up front, and then letting a bomb fall on it, which, of course, would be a, a natural thing that happened as a part of time and not something caused by him. Um, and that way he'd never know that it's just an empty, or suppose what he thinks is empty ambulance. Um... So yeah, they, they, they get into this room by using a Jack's Sonic Blaster, which has a, a digital pattern, which is just a perfect square. You know, and for when you first... looked at guns and thought, more square. Yeah. <laughs> and then, this is the first mention of Villain Guard, which... <sighs> okay, there are things I like about Twice Upon a Time. Moffat going on an extreme, like, continuity dick-sucking fest is not one of them. <laughs> when is Villengard mentioned, or Villengard mentioned in Twice Upon a Time? They go to it. That's where they meet Rusty the Dalek. Oh. That, okay, I need to rewatch, well, we will rewatch that, <laughs> but, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, they just go there. Like, the only reason it's there is because, like, haha, I mentioned this in my first episode. Amazing. Yes. I'm just imagining, uh, I'm just imagining a Moffat image with the, uh, yes, Chad meme. You know, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my response to no. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, there, whenever we get to Twice Upon a Time, there are things that I like a lot about Twice Upon a Time, and there are things that frustrate me immensely about Twice Upon a Time. <laughs> um, also, Nancy has, I, okay, I don't know how to feel about this. Nancy gets caught by the homeowners and gets put in a room with the guy, and she basically blackmails him into letting her out and giving her tools by implying that he's, um, having, uh, sexual relations with the butcher, which I don't know. Because, like, on the one hand, obviously it was a taboo in the 40s, but on the other hand, and, and obviously this is a character from the 40s, but on the other hand, that's kind of, that's kind of blackmail. That's really skeezy, but yeah, he is a hypocrite, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of like the whole switcheroo thing that like kind of works for the rest of this episode. It's just like Rose figuring out that Jack is also into <laughs> men, but here it's like Yeah, no, this, this episode, in a good way. you guys... You guys know the fucking, the, the Eric Andre bit where it's like, what if it was purple? This episode is just, what if it were gay? Yeah. <laughs> what if aliens That really were is gay? perfect. <laughs> um. Time travel, but it's gay. Yeah. There's this great, which is, this is probably... 
I think this might be my favorite single Moffat spook where they're they're having a conversation and you, they've they've turned this tape on and it's just asking repeatedly in the background and then you hear it say I'm here I'm here can't you see me and you hear this clicking and he's like what's the what Rose is like what's that noise and the doctor's like end of the tape it ran out about 30 seconds ago I sent it to its room this is its room <laughs> yep the buildup of some tension and like scary moments in both of these episodes is like some of the most perfect I've seen in New Who. Yeah, yeah. Really, only rivaled by like Moffat's other RTD era episodes and maybe Listen. <laughs> um. Also, little sight gag of the Doctor switching Jack's squareness gun with a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, uh, Jack shows that, uh, it can rewind the hole in the wall, which just, as a weapon, I'm just like, how, with, what purpose does that serve? That specific purpose, exactly. It's like, is this like a, a method for assassination? Like you blow their face off and then use the rewind so it looks like nothing happened? I don't... Well, uh, you mentioned you mentioned the, the banana gag, but you left out that uh, Jack pointed the banana at the, ch- at the child, so that was his intention. He, he was going yeah. to use it on the kid, and the doctor knew yeah. that and gave him the switcheroo. Man, I don't know if anyone other than Skylar is going to get that, but that has some real weight coming on, uh, in a uh, post-Children of Earth world. I I never saw Children of Earth, so that that's that's just okay. me, buddy. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, I was just wondering if you'd seen, like, Council of Geeks' video on it. No, no. I need okay. to, though. Okay. They're, they're awesome. No. I love them. Okay. Don't watch it. Because it will spoil it, and I think we are planning oh, to yeah. eventually cover Torchwood on the podcast. Oh yeah, they they do spoil, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, um, <laughs> also there's the first joke of, ha ha, there are other Sonic things. Which, like... You know, Chad I'm on the image. fence about it, because I think, like, for example, like, the whole... Haha, laser screwdriver thing that the master pulls out in series three is fucking stupid. It's like we didn't need more of this. And then in fucking the Sarah Jane Adventures spin-off, she has fucking sonic lipstick, and it's just like RTD, stop. Stop it. <laughs> that is one of the things that like I do give Moffat some credit for doing for like realizing, like poking fun of it because like in the 50th special that happens and then like he gets rid of them and then sonic shades aren't much better but you could at least see the visual component of why they would be but yeah they look better (laughs) i like this gag again just i I guess this is the moffat stand in me i just i I like it What the, the the gag of the Sonic gag? No, I like I, I like the gag. It's just it, it got a little overplayed. No, where it's like it, I... and it's also the start of like everything is Sonic, which it's like come on. What's the issue with that? I see no issues with this. I like it when everything is Sonic. Art well, <laughs> it gets a little bit overkill as RTD goes on, but whatever. Um, 
It's just one of those things where it's like, depending on who the writer is, it can do this or that, or it can't do this or that. And it's just one of those things where it's like, in a good story, it's like a good multi-tool that sometimes gives you exposition. Um, yeah. Or Jack makes a joke about you putting up cabinets. So really, you know, you win either yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so... <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> He tries to, uh, Jack tries to blow open the door, and then it doesn't work, and he's like, the special features, they really drain the battery, which I just, I find it funny that if it's battery operated, he doesn't have spares with him. That's the equivalent of, like, going into a dangerous situation with, like, a handgun that only has, like, a 10-bullet magazine in it and nothing else. I do like how Rose's response to that is, that's so lame. (laughs) Yeah. Um, she was impressed. And then Jack, yeah, Jack just kinds, yeah, Jack just kinds of yeets out of there. Which, of course, you you learn later. Like the weird thing is, is I remember this scene being they're they're actually genuinely trapped, and I forget it's not just Jack just leaves, and you know that he's just getting the thing set up so he can teleport him out. Um. <laughs> also, the the bit after he leaves, when you know they started sort of start setting up the motif for the episode with the dancing. Uh, yes. So, she, hey guys, did you realize that dancing means sex yet? Hey guys. <laughs> but I, I will. I just want to comment on the 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 line that leads up to that. You know, she was like, "Hey, he saved my life." Blunkwise, that's up there with flossing. I trust him because he's like you. Except with dance, dating and dancing. Uh, yeah. Know, obviously, the back half of that line is the important part, but because I am yeah. a ruined Zoomer, when she said, uh, blokewise, that's up there with flossing, my immediate thought was, <laughs> was the dance. Like, dead serious. I was like, wait, what? And then, and then it, I was like, oh, no, God. wait, like the other thing. God, have you seen the gif of Sonic the Hedgehog flossing? It is wretched. Have you seen the videos of me flossing? Yes, you have. Yes, I have, yes, because I, I have. literally record- I've recorded one I of know them. you did. <laughs> <laughs> um. You see, this is how much of, like, a faux millennial I am. I didn't even think of the dance. I was just like, oh yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> okay, these, boomer. These, okay, boomer. These Zoomers with the dances and the Fortnites. Haha, <laughs> ha, you're 21, rub it in. Anyways. <laughs> so, there's the line where Rose is like, okay, he's vanished into thin air, why is it always the great looking ones who do that? And the doctor's like, I'm making an effort not to be insulted. And she's like, I mean men. And he's like, okay, thanks, that really helped. <laughs> yeah. And then we actually get the explanation about, like, what OMCOM is and how that's what the child's been doing. Yeah. Also, Rose tries to goad him into dancing, and he's like, Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete. Wait, I'm... I'm con- <laughs> Which, like... I'm confused about something God. in particular. Like, if, if, the, if the child was talking through OMCOM, how did he make the typewriter go? Because it's a spooky... Okay. <laughs> That's basic because it works. Whatever. It just works. You you've never seen the speakers inside of a typewriter? 
weirdo. <laughs> Apparently not. Also, but no, I feel like the line of like Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete would be like, I'm enough of like an introverted dumbass that I feel like I would say something like that IRL when someone was coming on to me. Um. Also, the funniest thing is the doctor's like, he's not really a Captain Ro Rose. And she's like, I think you're experiencing Captain Envy. And he's like, if he ever was a captain, he's been defrocked. That's really funny because Torchwood basically confirms that he stole the name Captain Jack Harkness from someone he meets in 1941 who dies. Yep. <laughs> um... And who also turns out to be gay, but... Yes, yes, Jack makes out with him. Amazing. But let's, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this now so everyone really knows full well what we're getting into. Everyone is bi- Everyone. Epic. Based. <laughs> um... Yeah, um, so Nancy tries to break into the hospital and gets captured and locked in a room with someone who's about to transform. <laughs> also, Jack's... So they, they come out of the hospital and Jack's like, hey, they got algae on duty, it must be important. And Rose is like, shall I distract him? And, and Jack's like, no, trust me, I got it. You're not algae's type. <laughs> and just fucking, like, strides off. <laughs> Uh, and then he's like, relax. He's just a bit more flexible when it comes to dancing. <laughs> that that one scene when I was younger and was like dumb and didn't understand that like metaphor, once he started explaining it that way, I was just like, oh, sex. <laughs> okay, I'm a I'm a I'ma be real. I didn't get that until y'all pointed it out to me. <laughs> I understood it was like intimacy, but you know, just I guess I guess I'm horny about everything but TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and also the doctor's just like, yeah, you guys just kind of fuck whatever species you come across. And, and I like that because she compared him to Spock <laughs> earlier, but that's definitely a Kirk thing. Yeah. Or, well, or a Riker thing if you do Next Generation. I I do like how... I just like to... Sorry, I no, just like to ahead. take this moment to once again mention that Riker was literally like... I was like, I want, like, this character who's supposed to be of, like, a race that doesn't have a gender. I want... This guy should have been casted by a dude. What a legend. Yeah. Because they, they, they <laughs> censored it by making it be a woman. So, what a legend. Um, also, Jack comes up and starts hitting on him. And the weirdest... <laughs> it's... The, the internet has corrupted me, because it's supposed to be, like, a creepy, like, oh, shit, like, he's, he's, he's already transforming. But, of course, Jack comes up and starts hitting on him. And LG's like, mummy. And my first thought is, like, wow, that's kinky. <laughs> <laughs> What I was gonna think about was that, like, I know it probably doesn't happen around the same time, but the idea that there's been multiple great and bountiful 
um, human empires and the new Roman Empire and stuff like that. It's just like, well, they definitely took the cultural part of, like, screwing everyone with them. Like, that's yeah. some, that's some neo-neo-Hellenistic bullshit right there. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's, it's, it's great, algae, and then, and then everything starts to go like, oh crap, how are we gonna fix this, and, uh, yeah. then everything gets awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and so you find out that Nancy, Nancy has survived from not getting gas masked by, uh, singing a lullaby to the guy who just did get gas mask. And the doctor frees her, and they go to the spacecraft and find it. And Jack's like, it's just an ambulance. Um, and it, it they try to get into it, and it sets off an emergency protocol and summons all the uh, gas-masked people. Um, so there's kind of a, a race against time here. Um, so they go like rose and nancy go to reattach barbed wire and the doctor and jack stay or jack goes to secure the gates and the doctor stays with the ambulance um and there's this this great scene with nancy and rose where rose kind of explains that this isn't the end and you're gonna we're gonna you're gonna beat the the fascists um and they get the ambulance open and the doctor reveals that he's he's figured it out and that it was nanogenes who weren't used to human beings coming then the first thing they came across was this dead child and they assumed that that was just the template um and and they brought him back and decided figured out that like okay so everyone else who isn't that is clearly needs to be fixed and they make everything like that um and it's it's gone airborne so they're they're trying to quickly fix this and of course it's saved by the doctor realizing that nancy is not uh the child's sister but his mother and she acknowledges that and goes to him and hugs him and the nanogenes way go hang on a second similar dna and realize that they uh fucked it up and then fix everything and the doctor has his his great everybody lives moment it's a which, good moment <laughs> yeah no it's 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 really good i just it, i i i find it like this is something that like we start to give moffat shit for as it goes on so like first off um none of moffat like all of moffat's companions get in their final episode get put in a situation where they technically die but are brought back um and just in general like they tend to have happier fairy tale endings and i remember reading a a contemporaneous review that gave this episode shit for that of like oh the the happy ending undermines all the horror but i think for this episode and for this season it's very specific because it's it's part of it's part of nine's character arc of it's it's the first time everybody lives he can actually save everyone which for nine who's very much a hurting veteran that's that that means a lot that's a big thing yeah also it isn't revolving around like established characters and like super high stakes like it's one thing for it to happen here but like let's say for example with the cyberman <laughs> yeah that's a little bit more of like a especially once you've done it five yeah. times so i i do agree it's a it's a great moment and for me the impact isn't lessened even though i know 
what he'll go on to do. Um, yeah, because yeah, it fits no, here. really, the yeah, really, the only problem I have is with with Clara and Amy. Well, not necessarily. Well, okay, I have issues with Amy and Rory, but that's not that's not related to them living. Um, but no, like obviously, I have issues with Clara's. Everyone has issues with Clara. I even like Hellbent, and I think she should have gone back to die in the episode. Um, I imagine people probably have shit to say about Bill, but I don't care. Fuck all y'all. She deserved better, and she deserved more than a season. I, I mean, I think I already made clear that I did not like Bill. <laughs> okay. I liked when we when we rewatch series ten because I just re- it's really good. I'm just gonna say that, and I I think aside if you can you know put aside the slight thing of of Moffat being like holy shit guys she's gay if you can like kind of put that aside from a second like all of her other character traits are really good. What, what character traits are there besides that one? <laughs> She's uh, inquisitive about things that other companions kind of take for basics. She doesn't do most of the same old companion shit over again. Um, she's lower class. Um, uh, how do I? How do I? Uh, uh, yeah, she's she's just a lot more like inquisitive and explorative. And I, I really like the relationship she has with Twelve. That's kind of a, a teacher-student thing, but w- whatever. That's just All I'll say is that I am not generally, like, because it's pretty, it's, it's kind of an example of fridging in basically every way except he cheats out of it. But my whole thing is, like, I don't want you to do that, but if you're going to do that, like, actually commit, please. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Well, okay. I agree. I like. I guess I agree in parts, but I just think that World Nothing Time and Doctor Falls pulls it off well enough that I'm. I just. I don't feel like giving it anywhere near the shit that I would give Heaven uh, Hellbent, even though I like Hellbent. Yeah, I mean we're we're going off into a into yeah. a huge thing, but bringing it back, it like yeah, it it all works because the what they've they've done a really good job of establishing the nanogenes and making them a part of the thing if we hadn't heard of them and then the doctor was just like oh they weren't empty they're full of something called nanogenes and like all of that yeah. it's like it's a good example or the doctor points his sonic screwdriver at the thing and just magically <laughs> fixes it yeah exactly it's a good example of using like the two-parters to your strength um you know giving extra characterization giving extra world building um balancing yeah. all of it to the point and again, like, with characters that aren't, like, super established, and you're even introducing a new one that will become established, and it's, uh... Yeah. It, it doesn't have the and same it, baggage as yeah. being, like, a finale and also doing that. Yeah, and it, it works because... And everybody living works because in all the previous episodes, you know, going through each episode in order, char- uh, side characters get shot and murdered in front of their family... Um, burned alive by the rays of the sun, um, choked by gas creatures controlling corpses, blown up, um, <laughs> mauled to death by uh, people in skin suits, um, shot with Dalek extermination rays, 
um, and murdered by murdered by the Jagerfest and vored by the Reapers. So yeah, the fact that in this episode, like it's this whole thing of like you know ev- everybody lives even when this could have been like you know this is like one of the most brutal fucking ways to die in the whole season. That that has impact, a very good impact, I think. Um. So to to save everyone, um, the uh, Jack takes the bomb that's going to fall on the ambulance and uh, puts it in the tractor beam for his ship and comes and stores it on its ship, but. It's still going to explode, unfortunately. Um, so he's just kind of resigned to his own fate in his ship. He uh, gets a martini. <laughs> he has the line of, like, last time I was sentenced to death, I ordered four hypervodkas for my breakfast. Then I woke up in bed with both of my executioners. Lovely couple. Lovely couple. They stayed in touch. <laughs> can't say that about most executioners (laughs) yeah and then there's the great you know dancing thing with the doctor and rose and jack kind of becoming like hey what if adam was actually interesting and hot and horny and wasn't a dumbass who was selfish (laughs) yeah no that's that's the other thing of like a companion companion who seems like he'd work but doesn't and then or i think the intention was supposed to be like seems like he might work but doesn't and then companion who seems like he won't work but does except we all know that adam very clearly wasn't going to work from the (laughs) get-go yeah um there's an interesting part like before we get to the very ending and like giving all of our ratings out that um before they the, they go and like rescue Jack that um, the doctor and Rose are in the t- TARDIS and she says look at you beaming away like Father Christmas and then he says who says I'm not red bicycle when you were 12 um, I actually <laughs> I looked this up and apparently um, reading from the uh, TARDIS like official Doctor Who wiki that the story yeah. following this one was supposed to have Jack discover that the Doctor had been manipulating Rose's life to create the perfect companion, explaining the circumstances behind the Doctor's comment of her receiving a red bicycle at Christmas. The story was ultimately scrapped, and I'm glad they didn't do that, because that would, like, give me a whole different impression of Yeah, that would nine. be, like, this... Yeah, like, that's basically grooming. <laughs> yeah, if it if it had... I don't know, you'd have to be very careful of... And I, the only reason I'd like nine after that is if he realized, like, holy crap, I fucked up, and then like became a better yeah. person. But given that he was only around for one series, that probably would have been rushed to hell. And I'm glad that they just ended up dropping that. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Oh, also, there's a great line when everyone's healed and they're they're healed back to like you know full like healthy human beings, and this old woman comes up to Doctor Constantine. You're looking, and she's like, "My legs grown back." <laughs> He's like, "There's a war on. Is it possible you miscounted?" <laughs> I love that moment. Yeah, um, but yeah. So the Doctor and Rose land the TARDIS on Jack's ship and rescue him from its explosion. 
and the rose is teach rose is teaching the doctor uh how to dance and then she has a con she has a conversation uh with jack and then he realized remembers that he can dance and it changes to uh in the mood by with the glenn miller band and there's the great line where rose is like actually doctor i thought jack might like this dance and the doctor's like i'm sure he would but who with <laughs> and the answer is probably both did you guys see have you guys seen that one video of like what your favorite doctor who ship says about you my favorite Doctor Who ship is the TARDIS. This what? Yes. <laughs> I didn't hear it. What is it? The TARDIS. It's just the TARDIS. That's the joke. Oh, I didn't. It, it cut off. Get it? Me, so I didn't hear that. Um, yeah. No. Good. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. There's There's like an ongoing joke throughout the video. Where, you know, it's like, X you know, X-Ship is like, you want a daddy, but not the sexual kind. And then it moves on to such, and then it's just Nine and Jack is like, <laughs> you want a daddy. And yes, this time it is the sexual kind. <laughs> I'm going to link great. that in the group chat and put it in the show notes, because it is a really funny video. Amazing. You're going to hate me for this, Jeff, but I, unironically, I do think my favorite Doctor Who ship is Clara 12. That is not a joke. I mean, no, it's not a, in the sense of how, in the sense of how it's uh, carried out in the show. Then yes, I agree. That's like my favorite, like canon ship. I don't know what my favorite, like non-canon ship is though. Master Missy. <laughs> oh, I also agree. kind of canon, Fuck which off. is messed up. Yeah. Master River no, it's song. one. It's one-sided. Missy has wants absolutely nothing to do with that. Okay, but Missy River Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I might when this episode is done, I might like play that video in a go live session because it's really funny. Anyways, um, <laughs> so you know, okay, have you guys seen? Like, this most recent meme going around on Twitter where it's, like, sped-up gifs of, like, people dancing with this weird music track and it's just a caption that reads penis music. No. That's what I thought of when I saw this scene. <laughs> no comment on that one, Avery? <laughs> Fair enough. Um... So yeah, uh, that's the Jack officially joins the TARDIS crew, and that's the end of this episode. Um, so we're actually drawing close to the end of uh, series one. We only have two more episodes to go, and then we uh, bid bid adieu to the lovely Christopher Eccleston. Um, but next week we are covering the episode Boomtown, which is. The first, oh, not the first, is it, wait, is Unquiet Dead set in Cardiff? Yes. Okay, so it's not the first visit to Cardiff. It's the first visit to modern Cardiff, specifically, which would later become the uh, 
where cart where uh, Torchwood is set. Um, the 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 surviving Slitheen from their last encounter, Margaret Blaine, and yeah, I don't remember much about that episode. I do remember some good interactions between Nine and Margaret Blaine, but I I can't remember much else. So I'm I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Oh shit! I'm an I'm a complete idiot. I forgot ratings. Yeah, I was about to say like, uh, uh, are we gonna go do ratings? Or... Yeah, no, it is beyond <laughs> so, reproach. So who who wants who wants who wants to go to ratings? I can do it. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoy both of these episodes. If I had to be uh like really hypercritical i'd probably enjoy the second half uh more although the yeah the majority of the like great like humorous dialogue to me at least is in yeah um part and that, that's one. mainly because this yeah that's mainly because because of the structure of the episode the first half is basically just set up exactly so like stuff stuff with like the milk with the cow gives you know humanizing elements and you know Cal reminds me of The Last Jedi, which reminds me of the Thala Sirens that Luke milks. I knew I had that word in there, um, but uh, I digress. Um, really great stuff all around. Uh, John Barrowman is excellent. Um, Nancy is excellent. The kids, for like how short they're around, are a good addition. The atmosphere is creepy as hell and horny as hell. And neither of the, like, neither of those two, like, binaries um, that they kind of, like, go between those extremes really, like, take away from the other. Um, so, overall, mm-hmm. um, I might be over generous, but I'd give uh, the Doctor Dances, or the Empty Child Doctor Dances uh, story arc, mini story arc, a 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. All right, um... Yeah, I I think the weirdest thing is, like, I really like this episode. I think it's probably, like, other than, like, Blink and, like, Listen and maybe the Library episode, it's probably Stephen Moff... Oh, and and Heaven Sent. It's probably Stephen Moffat's, like, best episode or story. So, like, it's up there, definitely. Um, But, like, I like it. I think it's really good good but i don't know if i can give it a 10 because i think it's just because of how like dalek is just like 45 minutes of like absolute perfection whereas like obviously it's a little bit not as well paced because it's a it's a two-parter it's a little bit longer it's a little bit slower i don't know if i can get mm, hmm I think I'm gonna have to add like an additional addendum to my rating scale where there's like a ten and then there's a Dalek level ten, which is like the S plus tier. <laughs> Cause I genuinely feel like I can't think of like any flaws with this episode, and I think everything it does well, it does really well. But it's still not quite as it's not like on the same level as Dalek, so I think I'm gonna establish like a, a new tier to my ratings. Which I know there are definitely a, co- a couple other episodes that I will I would rate as Dalek tier, 
Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give this this story arc on the whole a 10 out of 10 because I think it's just it's <laughs> I can't think of anything that would like cause me to impact my my rating scale in any way. It's just fantastic Doctor Who. Uh, see, this is what happens when you make your rating scale tilted too heavily towards the top. Uh, just throwing some shade here. <laughs> well, it's not even like there are you know there are episodes where it'd be like you know it's a fine good episode i can't think of too much wrong about it you know that's like rose that's like end of the world i genuinely think this epi- this episode or this story is basically perfect it's just not quite as perfect can i can i suggest the to me the only real drawback about dalek is the side character of adam and with with these episodes yeah. none of the side characters are a detractor for me um, which I know I just rated it lower than I did Dalek, <laughs> but that's because of like the emotional highs and like kind of like the yeah, meta exactly. around the Dalek. emotional the emotion yeah the emotional highs and the tight pacing is like Adam may be a bad side character, but like he's barely in the episode, so like. Anyways, uh, if I had to rate these, I'd probably say. The first episode is a nine. I think it's a very, yeah. very good episode. Uh, but a lot of it, you know, not to the same extent as Slavine, obviously, because like this is these are both very good episodes. You know, a nine is very, very good. But it just doesn't, you know, it's not making the thematic through lines yet. Um, but Doctor Dances, I think on it, like the, that episode specifically, is a ten on its own. Uh, yeah. And I would say the the story as a whole, you know, sort of balances out to a 9.5. Uh, I would just say my major complaint with it is that uh, Dr. Dance has a lot of the resolutions it comes to in terms of its uh, motifs and theming is set up just within that episode. And I feel like there could have been more, uh, you know, more cohesion along the two episodes in terms of thematic stuff that gets you know, sort of played out in Dr. Dances with the dancing motif and, you know, all that stuff and his characterization. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, but besides that, like, it's just a fantastic, they're both fantastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doctor yeah. is just exactly. spectacular. Rose is, for once, not annoying. Jack is just <laughs> yeah. Jack. And, you know, Jack side, is an icon. The side characters are hitting at home the the villain of the week you know villain in quotation marks is you know interesting very interesting you know has a good resolution and just oh, it's those, actually scary those final moments are just so good so yeah i would say you know definitely overall a 9.5 and then 9 and 10 individually yeah um so yeah uh we will be back next week with uh our episode covering the end game for series one so we'll see you all then